Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today, we're going to be continuing with the odes um, from ancient Chinese poetry. Um, these were the ones that were put together by Confucius. And the topics we're going to go into today is the founding of the Zhao Kingdom and also sort of the, the movement from nomadic to uh, being in you know, one location, settling down. Um, and so both of these are going to be covered, and we're going to use two poems to talk about them. Uh, number 235, King Wen, we'll talk about the foundation of the Zhao dynasty. And in 237, a poem called Spreading, we're going to talk about how they moved from being, you know, rootless and nomadic to having a fixed position. But first, let's start with King Wen. King Wen is on high. Oh, he shines in heaven. Zhao is an old people, but its charge is new. The land of Zhao became illustrious, blessed by God's charge. King Wen ascends and descends on God's left hand and on his right. So this is one of the things that is important. You have to have the blessings of heaven in order to be successful. And we talked about this a little bit in the other episodes and a little bit in, you know, when we talked about uh, Confucius and the Analects. Things have to be done the right way. If you don't have the right traditions, um, you're not going to be successful. And think about how this is with modern life. You know, if you don't have the right habits, you're not going to be successful. You know, if you can't get up in the morning at the same time, get your routine down, you know, have ways of doing things, um, if you have to think about every single thing you do because you haven't established any habits, it's going to make your life more difficult. But when you establish habits to do most things, it, it actually frees you up to be more creative, to be more productive, and things like that. So a lot of what this has to do with is establishing the right habits, the right traditions that are in line with the will of heaven. And if you don't have, aren't in line with the will of heaven and don't have the blessings, you're not going to get anywhere. <clears throat> Very diligent was King Wen. His high fame does not cease. He spread his boundaries in Zhao, and now his grandsons and sons, in his grandsons and sons, the stem has branched into manifold generations. And all the knights of Zhao are glorious in their generation. So, you know, this isn't about just personal glory. This is about setting up things that are going to be generation after generation. You know, one of the things that is a big belief in Confucianism is that if you don't set up something that is lasting, it's not going to be very uh, worthwhile. So this isn't about just one person's life. You know, all of these philosophies, yes, it talks about individual behaviors and things for the individual to do, but it also puts it into the bigger picture as how do you make this something that is going to carry on beyond just the individual. Glorious in their generation, and their counsels well pondered. Mighty were the knights that brought this kingdom to its birth. This kingdom well they bore, they were the prop of Zhao. Splendid were those many knights who gave comfort to the king. Okay, one of the things that you see here is he's talking about, you know, the thoughts were well pondered. In other words, he's the, the you know, author of the poem is talking about the fact that you have to have things that are well thought out before you do them. This is very much opposed to just acting 
spontaneously, acting without thinking. Because one of the things that happens when you act without thinking is you tend to be ruled by your emotions. And when you're ruled by your emotions, sometimes you take the quickest route to solve the problem, um, and that quickest route is often the wrong route. That's something that can complicate things in the future. So there is a sense that you do need to think about things. And one of the things that made Zhao um, prosperous and successful was that he did do that. And his people did that. Um, his knights were there to hold him, uh, hold him up, you know, uphold him. Okay. August is when the king, oh, to be reverenced in his glittering light, mighty the charge that heaven gave him. Okay, so, you know, you have singing the praises of the king, um, but you get the sense that these are praises that are earned. You know, here's the thing. You can't just assume you're going to get all of the glory and honor because you happen to be king at the time or emperor. Um, the grandsons and sons of the Shang, Shang's grandsons and sons, their host was innumerable, but God on high gave his command, and by Zhao they were subdued. So this is the ruling uh, family before Zhao, the Shangs. Um, and because they lost the will of heaven, they lost the ability to rule, and they were overthrown. And this is something that this goes into in this poem, is that the will of heaven is not something that's easy to keep. You have to make sure you're doing everything correctly. Because even though you're on top today, if you become decadent, if you become lazy, if you become sloppy, you'll just be pushed out uh, as Shang was. You know, even though he had illustrious generations and lots of, you know, followers and lots of descendants, uh, they didn't do it the right way, and so they lost the favor. Um, by Zhao, they were subdued. Heaven's charge is not forever. Uh, the Knights of Yin, which is another word for the Shang, big and little, made libations and offerings at the capital. What they did was to make libations dressed in skirted robe and closed cap. Uh, oh, you, oh, chosen servants of the king, may you never thus shame your ancestors. Now, this is something that you know, I, I will confess that I'm not 100% um, familiar with the traditions. But basically what it's saying is when they made their uh, offerings, they didn't do it the right way. They didn't do it in a way that was respectful. They didn't do it in a way that respected the traditions, that kept to the traditions. And so those were not looked upon in favor by heaven. And you have to remember, too, that heaven here don't conflate this with the Christian heaven. Um, it does have some overlap possibly, but it, this is more of the way of the universe, the way things work. Um, you have to be in line with the way things work. Um, that's the way of heaven. You know, you can't just fly uh, because that's, that's not what humans can do unless you have some kind of machine. Um, so this is, this is what it talks about with the way of heaven. If you're not paying attention to the natural order, um, you're not going to do well. So this is very much uh, a, a, you know, a philosophy behind this poetry that you have to look at the world the way it is and, and see things the way they really are. Not the way you want them to be, not the way you wished they were, but you have to follow the, the ways of nature.
may you never shame your ancestors, but rather tend their inward power, that forever you may be linked to heaven's charge and bring yourselves many blessings. Before Shang lost its army, it was well linked to, the, to God above. Uh, in Shang, you could see in a mirror the heaven's high charge is hard to keep. So it's not something easy to do, and this is why kingdoms fall. They may start out in the right way, they may start out doing the right things, but they eventually, if they lose their way, um, they lose the will of heaven. And you can actually see this as something you can parallel to what goes on in business. You know, sometimes a business is set up by its founder. It's very prosperous. It does very well. And then either the founder loses sight of the way things were uh, started, the principles they built upon, or it gets passed down to the next generation and the next generation loses sight. So you see a lot of very successful businesses, very successful societies, very successful um, ruling dynasties that start out that way and then collapse. Uh, the charge is not easy to keep. Do not bring ruin on yourselves. Send forth everywhere the light of your good fame. Consider what heaven did to the Shang. High heaven does its business without sound, without smell. Make King Wen your example in whom all other people put their trust. So, you know, Confucianism was very conservative. It was a very conservative point of view. And remember we talked about this, the, the differences between Confucius and Plato. Uh, Confucius is very much someone who says, they did it right in the past, we need to get back to the way they did it in the past and things will be better. Because he saw himself living in a time where everything was falling apart. Plato same way, saw himself in a time that everything was falling apart, but he was more, okay, we got to change the way we do things with his republic and move into a different way. Okay, uh, the next one I want to talk about is called Spreading. Uh, this is number 237 in the uh, Book of Odes or Book of Songs. Uh, the young gourds spread and spread. The people after they were first brought into being from the River Dew went to the Chi. The old uh, Dan Fu the Duke scraped shelters, scraped holes, and yet they had no houses. So this is the beginnings of, uh, this is kind of an origin story, where the people came from. They started out as, you know, rootless and just wandering nomads. And they start to, you know, look to settle down. And if you look at, you know, the history of civilizations, humans were hunter-gatherers for hundreds of thousands of years, before we started settling into cities, you know, we would hunt and gather, you know, berries and fruits and roots and different um, things to eat uh, and, and travel with the seasons and travel with the animals. And humanity goes undergoes a huge shift when we start to develop farming. You know, farming requires more permanent settlement. And this is what this poem is dealing with. This is kind of the transition from being rootless and nomadic to being uh, farmers and, and being, you know, grounded in one single place. Uh, and this is something that, you know, has been a debate for a long time. You know, there's been the, the, the old story of Cain and Abel. A lot of that has to do with the conflict between the nomadic herders um, 
that you know traveled with the animals versus the farmers you know and and there was always bickering back and forth because the farmers would want to settle in plant crops and the herders would come through and their animals would eat the crops and so there was you know constant animosity between the two now what you know you can see from history eventually ended up winning out was the farming and the stable settlements and part of this probably has to do with the fact that if you're going to develop technology if you're going to advance learning you have to have some degree of stability you know if your entire day is spent just trying to get enough to eat or keeping up with the herds of animals you're following you're not going to have time to sit down and develop things so as we develop cities this is when we start to develop more and more technology when technology starts to explode and again you can make the argument back and forth whether this was a good thing or a bad thing you know the arguments against this is well we've you know the more advanced we've become the more we've isolated ourselves from nature the more we've cut ourselves off you know think about modern life how we're cut off from outside by being in houses and or traveling in vehicles or you know being in buildings all day and we've we've lost a lot of connection to the natural world and you know add even more advanced technologies now a lot of times people are connected into electronic media and we have made that more real than the world around us so you know it it isn't just a this way is better in every way or that way is better in every way there really are advantages to both ways of living now confucius and you know this poem comes down on the side of you know settling kingdoms and and you know being more stable is the superior way you know these are things that allowed us to develop things like writing even uh, okay the plain of Zhao is very fertile, with celery and sow whistle, sweet as rice cakes. Here we will make a start, here take counsel. Uh, here notch up our tortoise. It says stop, it says halt, build houses here. So they kind of they moved into this area where they realized that things were pretty good here and, and we should stop here and stop you know, having to move around. We, we can get the kinds of foods we need, the nutrition we need. We've, this is a good place to build houses, um, you know, if we stay here. So this is, you know, kind of the, the, we found the right spot, let's settle down. And a lot of, you know, the history of settlements uh, has to do with people settling in one place and then there's natural disasters that destroy it and the society either perishes or they realize this is not a good spot, we'll move our settlement somewhere else. So this is the beginnings of the founding of this is a good spot for us. So he halted, so he stopped, and left and right he drew the boundaries of big plots and little. He opened up the ground, he counted the acres from west to east. Everywhere he took his task in hand. Now, you know, this says a lot. Think about this. So he stops here, he drew the boundaries, um, and drew, you know, small plots of land for the poorer people, bigger plots for the uh, the wealthier, um, the people in society, the rulers, the leaders. Um, this is something that is unnecessary when you are 
you know, hunter-gatherers, when you're nomadic. You don't have boundaries. You go wherever the food is. You go wherever the food goes. But when you settle, you start to have to, these disputes that will arise. You know, people will say, this is my plot of land. And so you have to start taking into consideration different ways of doing things. Because before, there wasn't much of a sense of mine. There was a, there was a sense of, this is ours and we're, you know, all working together. So in one way, you can see this is the beginnings of divisions in people. The divisions become much sharper. There aren't as many divisions in a hunter-gatherer society. Um, everyone has their task, but they generally share in everything more or less equally with whoever the, you know, the tribal leader or the king or, you know, the clan leader uh, getting the largest share of it. But for the most part, it's very egalitarian. And this is where you start drawing the, the small plots and the large is where you start to get the divisions in society. So you can even see even back in the beginning, you start to have uh, some divisions between the haves and the have-nots. Um, now it you know doesn't become as stark as it does later. It, is, it doesn't start as starkly as it does become later on, but it's still there. Uh, he summoned his master of works, he summoned his master of lands, and he made them build houses. Uh, dead straight was the plumb line. The planks were lashed to hold the earth, and they made a hall of ancestors very venerable. So, you know, what do you have to have? Well, you have to have more permanent structures. And more permanent structures, it takes a higher degree of uh, skill. You have to call in the, the master craftsmen. Uh, in order to, to build these things. You know, if you're going to build a structure that you're only going to live in for a few days and then tear it down and move it somewhere else, it doesn't have to be as well built. You know, it's got to be put together well enough that it's going to last for the however many days you're going to be there, and then you're going to tear it down and move it along. But when you want something that is going to be there permanently, you have to to know things. You have to know about, okay, the walls need to be straight or they're going to fall down eventually. You know, over time, things will sag. The foundations have to be firm. And so they're building the foundations literally of this society. We raised the outer gate. The outer gate soared high. They raised the inner gate. The inner gate was very strong. They raised the great earth mound, which excursions of wars might start. Now, this is something that, you know, once you have this stability, you have this society that is in one place, you start to have to worry about what about these people that just want to come through and take what we have. Um, and so you have to build walls and you build outer walls and then the, the sort of the lower class people live inside the outer walls. And then you have really strong inner walls where the ruling class would live. And so you start to see a more physical um, division of the classes in this time period. Um, and it's something that, again, is essential. You know, because the more you have, the more wealth your city, your town creates, the more chances are that people are going to come along who are, you know, nomadic and they're just going to take what you have and then move along. So you have to be able to defend yourself. And then as more than, you know, one city starts to take shape, this is where you start to get um, the beginnings of more modern warfare, where you have 
you know, larger armies, and, and the skirmishes are much more about property and territory. Um, and so walls and fortifications become more necessary. And in that time that followed, they did not abate their sacrifices, did not let fall their high renown. The oak forests were laid low, roads were opened up. The Kun tribes scampered away. That's the sh uh, the Shin that we talked about late in the in the last poem. Oh, how they panted! So you know they drove out uh, anybody that was there that was not part of their society. They, you know, sort of settled the land. They cut down the trees to use for uh, you know for buildings, but also to use for farming. You know, one of the things that you know prior to farming. Uh, most of the land would have been covered in trees or bushes or it wouldn't have been very easy to plant things. And in order to plant, you have to clear all of that out. And they didn't waste the materials because the trees they cut down, they used to build their walls to build their houses. The people of Yu and Ru, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, broke faith and King Wen harried their lives. This I will say, the rebels were brought to allegiance that those were first uh, made were made were made last. I'm sorry. Those that were first were made last. So you had a group that tried to overthrow uh, the the Zhao. They tried to take power for themselves, and that rebellion was put down. And the people who you know participated in the rebellion, they were made to pay for it. Um, they went from being people that were of high station to they were pushed down to a lower station. They were, they were turned into peasantry. And this is one of the uh, justifications for uh, aristocratic systems, is that the, the lower level people were people that possibly at one time had tried to rebel and overthrow the ruling class. And because the ruling class had the will of heaven, um, they were thrown down to the lower, lowly state that they were in. And so it was the will of heaven that you are in this state. Now, this again, if you look at the, the odes as a whole, it doesn't say that the lower classes should be abused. In fact, there's, you know, we talked about in the last episode, there's a lot talking about how a king needs to be aware of what the lower class needs and what they're thinking so that you can keep them happy. If you want a stable society, it needs to be happy from top to bottom. Anytime you get a large amount of the society that is unhappy, un, unable to feed itself, you know, struggling and suffering, eventually that section of society will rise up and attempt to overthrow uh, whoever's in power. You know, the, the less you have, the less you have to lose, and the more an uprising seems like a good idea. Okay, um, that is the two poems I wanted to cover today, and I did want to sort of just kind of give you an overall sense of what this looks like. You know, if you want to put this into perspective, think about these as being parts of the founding mythologies of a society. Every society has its founding mythologies. It has its founders who were great men or women. Uh, generally, most societies are patriarchal, so it's usually great men. But if you think about this, I mean, this is this is the same in every country, every culture you can think of. You know, even in the United States, we have the, the mythology of the founding fathers. 
These were perfect men that knew everything and set up everything the right way. And if we have, you know, troubles and suffering, it's because we haven't followed the ways closely enough. You know, remember the whole idea behind uh, Confucius's philosophy is we need to get back to those ways that worked in the past and they will work again. It's because we've strayed from those ways that we have the troubles we have now. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, this can be seen as valid, but in a lot of ways, it can be seen as uh, almost uh, uh, wishful thinking. Because sometimes the things that made a society great had to do with the conditions of the time. And if the world conditions of the time are not the same, going back to those things will not help your society become great again. You know, part of why the society become became great in the first place was that it dealt with what was there at the time. You know, it, it looked at the issues that were there because of the technology, because of rivals, because of different things like that, and it solved it for that time period. But as history moves on, we develop technologies, other societies advance in different ways, and so the things that got a society to be prosperous in the beginning may or may not be successful in making that society prosperous again. In fact, it may be holding on to the old ways that caused the decline. So you always have to have a, a balance between holding on to traditions and holding on to you know, culture and the way things were, but also enough flexibility to be able to say, how do we move that, those traditions and that culture so that it is still successful, that it still works today? Okay, I'm going to break off this episode there. I hope all of you are doing well, and I hope all of you are staying safe. Have a good day.